Welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, the one and only Damian Wildman Duffy. How you doing, man? Pretty bloody good, mate. How's yourself? Dude, pretty good. Like I said, tornadoes pretty close to the house, so um, shit could get real interesting here in a couple minutes, but, uh, you know, we'll hope That's for the best. There's no tornadoes here at the moment, but it's uh, probably a good thing. Yeah, dude, it gets, I don't know what the hell is, I don't know, have you ever been to Texas? I haven't, mate, but I'll tell you what, one of the things that I have wanted to see in person my entire life, ever since I first saw one on the TV, when I was a little kid, I've wanted to see a tornado in person from a distance, and I do understand that they're destructive and that, you know, people get hurt and stuff, (laughs) but just to see the raw power of nature to that extent in person would be something else entirely. Dude, it is, I mean, as a kid... So, like, growing up in Texas, there's tornadoes all the time. Like, we are, especially if you grew up in a trailer park like I did. It is, I mean, there are tornado magnets. So, I mean, I've seen quite a few. And it is, like, if you are at a decent enough distance away, they are amazing. Like, because you know that that thing you're seeing could just take you out so fast. I mean, it is incredible to see them. So, I, I completely agree, even though... They are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, they give you the heebie-jeebies. In Australia, when someone scares, if something scares you that much, you say, it makes your bum twitch like a rabbit's nose. <laughs> dude, Australian slang is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I've been trying to pick up on some of it because it's like, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess every place has their own slang, and it's, you know, a novelty to people who aren't from that place. But, like. Texas has its own kind of thing, but it's, I don't know, man. Australian sling is so much fucking cooler, but yeah, dude. So before we, you know, kick into this, do you have anything that you'd like to promote? Like where can people find you? All that good stuff. Oh, mate, to be honest, I, I kick it pretty hard on the old socials, the, the Instagram and the Facebook. It's pretty simple, just wild man adventures. If you look for that, you'll find me. But um, people have been at me to do this YouTube thing for a while, but I don't have the time or the talent to be to be making stuff for YouTube. I, I don't have the editing skills and things, and the the socials I do do um, seem to work pretty well. Yeah. So for now, yeah, Instagram and Facebook, you can always find me there. Yeah, dude, you have I would argue the greatest Instagram of all time. Oh, it's sure. it's amazing, <laughs> dude. I like that. I have never felt lazier and more like slow in my life dude your energy level is fucking through the roof have you always been like that like just a very like high strong high level kind of guy i'll I'll put it to you this way because i've got adhd and not everyone not everyone likes having it i love having it um it is a big part of who i am but as a kid i was virtually uncontrollable i was a monster and to give you an indication of my energy levels and my my just absolute animalistic instinct as a kid. Uh, my auntie and uncle were getting married, and apparently while they were trying to do the vows, I had climbed up on the arch going over the over the bride and groom, and they couldn't get me down. And you know, I was up there swinging like a monkey, having the best time. So it has been ever since I was a little kid. If it's like if I can climb it, I'll climb it. If I can catch it, I'll catch it. Yeah, dude, it comes across like usually a person's i guess personality it kind of takes a while to kind of see like what they're really like not yours dude. <laughs> that shit comes across in seconds you're like oh okay so this is this is how this guy is like you get it straight from the go and it's i mean it's awesome like that's the best way to be is just very yeah. like yourself but like i mean i've always had a you know a thing about animals like just fascinated by animals watching like nature shows and like growing up here like we have some stuff like that you could i mean mostly we just have stray dogs to be honest <laughs> like like i grew up around a lot of white trash people so there's just a lot of dogs with like three legs so uh, you uh, know it yeah it's not a, it's not i would say not quite australia but like i mean it must have been amazing like growing up like where you grew up and just being surrounded by like wildlife. Yeah. So it's a bit of an interesting thing that, and there are a lot of misconceptions about Australia 
And like, I hate to ruin anyone's day here, but I didn't ride a kangaroo to school putting me books in the pouch, you know? Like, <laughs> now, I'm not primary school, I did that in high school. But, um, <laughs> so, the, and like the whole thing with the crocodiles and the snakes and, and, and everything like that, we do have some incredible wildlife here in Australia and some of the most dangerous wildlife on the planet in regards to like things like crocodiles. It's the largest and most aggressive out of 27 or 28 recognised species, um, species of crocodilian. Then we've got 19 out of the top 21 most venomous snakes on earth. But you know, I know people that are my age, like I'm 39 now, and uh, I know people my age who have never seen a wild snake that have grown up in Australia their whole lives. So it does depend a little bit on your geographical location. But uh, fortunately for where I've lived, mate, um, uh, both a good mixture of a little bit in the city and most of it out in, out in the bush or on the coast or you know, in the mountains and things like that up in far north Queensland. And uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've been around a bit. I've been to 11 different schools, mate. So yeah, I've done suffering as a young fella uh, between relatives and such, but it's been an experience. And yeah, growing up around wildlife myself, lizards and snakes in the bush as a kid, I was always running around chasing after them and just fascinated by them. Just fascinated. Yeah. Same. Like I, I mean, I grew up obviously being obsessed with like Steve Irwin. That's like, you know, Number one, dude, I guess probably around the globe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so any kid growing up watching that immediately, even though he's telling you like, hey, don't screw with these animals. My first reaction is like, I got to go find a snake and touch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I immediately just pull like lifting up dead logs and shit like, come on, there's got to be a snake. Could never find one. I was like, yeah. these things just must not exist. Like, and every once in a while I'd find one, like if you grew up around anybody that had like chickens, there'd always be snakes. Like, you know, the ones that like swallow like chicken eggs and shit like that. So like every once in a while you'd see one and it would be like the greatest day of your life. And dude, I loved it. Like I've just always had this fascination with animals, especially like snakes. Snakes have always been at the top of just being like super fascinated by them. So when... I mean, you say there's 19 out of the top 21, right? In Australia of the most. So if you're growing up in an area, let's say like Sydney, Melbourne, like, you know, a more urban area. I mean, the chances of you ever seeing one are probably super low, right? Yeah. In and around the city and the, and the more really built up suburbs, uh, less chance, of course, but the eastern brown snakes, see, like with the with the most venomous and most deadly, there's a distinct difference. The most venomous snake on earth is the inland taipan, and there has been not one recorded fatality from that snake. But it lives in remote areas out in Channel Country and on the Gibber Plains um, around the central and western Australia areas, um, and and down a little bit into South Australia there. So, they, although they do have a pretty broad habitat, uh, that habitat in one of the most remote areas of the country and they're hard to find whereas the eastern brown snake uh that is second most venomous on the planet and it regularly comes into contact with humans because they've taken advantage of the urban area so um but we only get three deaths a year from from snakes in general so really yeah yeah three three deaths a year from venomous snakes in australia and we get uh i think it's about i think it might be at 1.5 deaths from crocodiles now um per year so one and a half people <laughs> yes or one and a half deaths yeah, yeah. Half so deaths. people just half die yeah, half, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean if, i mean if you survive a crocodile attack it probably feels like half of a death i'm sure um, you'd never bother buying a lotto ticket because you've used your luck up that's what i reckon <laughs> Dude, yeah like we have alligators which obviously um are different but alligators like alligators just seem not, I mean, I, dumb is the wrong word, but like just very like slow moving. They don't do anything. You like, never, never hear about people getting attacked by alligators, but they're everywhere. As a kid growing up and the whole Steve Irwin thing um, got me fascinated in crocodilians and I had a fascination with dinosaurs and such, but reading about crocodile attacks and things like that over the years, I have read about quite a few alligator attacks, um, but the sort of situations that are involved, it's always been due to human error, very similar to crocodiles, and it's usually been a small person and a large gator. Um, yeah. But even though alligators 
on the green scale of aggression and, and, and speed and agility. They can move when they want to. They can move when they have to. They're still incredibly dangerous animals, but they're just a little bit more chilled. We, I call them frogs with teeth, but only comparing, them, only comparing them to saltwater crocodiles. I mean, if a gator gets you and drags you in, a big gator, mate, like a 12-foot gator, you're done, son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which the biggest one I've ever seen in person, would I would say was maybe six feet would be pushing it maybe five feet which still looks huge whenever you're like you know 10 feet from it you're like holy shit like it does feel like you're looking at a dinosaur which you know in a sense you are but like you really see it like you look at it and you're like god this thing if it wanted to would end my life yeah i couldn't do a damn thing about it like i'm a big dude but i'm also a real sissy so like I would have no chance, man. I would scream like a girl, and just that'd be the end of old Cody Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, have you ever had any close calls? Like whether it be snake, spider, crocodile. I, I've I've had people who people who handle venomous snakes on the regular tend to have close calls on the regular, but we don't regard them as close calls because unless it gets you. It's not too close. Um, so, you know, I've, I've had snakes strike at me and nearly get me. I did a safety video on uh, snakes, funnily enough, and talking about snake bite first aid and venom toxicity with an eastern brown, a captive one. Um, but captive or wild doesn't matter, still just as dangerous. And this thing nearly tagged me multiple times in a six-minute video, and I was just having a great day. You know, I watched the video back, and it was whistling past my thumb. You know, I'm like, whoa, but it didn't get me, so good day. But Jesus. Um, as far as crocodiles go, with wild crocodiles, I haven't really had any close calls. Um, I tend to I tend to increase my safety margins when I'm out in the bush. Uh, it, the things I might do if people saw them in person, they might think to themselves, like, that's really dangerous. But as someone who's been working with crocodilians on and off for the past decade and quite familiar with how fast and agile and powerful they are, I don't want to die by a crocodile or at all, really, but by a crocodile, yeah. you know. So uh, I increase those safety margins. But you can find yourself in situations um, that you never saw coming with crocodiles. And that did happen when I was working at a wildlife park in North Queensland um, some years ago. Now, it would have been back in 2013, I think, 2013, 2014. And I had a female crocodile about 1.6 metres long, which is, oh, what's that, like 6, 8, 10 feet or something like that? Six, six, nah, yeah, probably. What's 6 feet? 6 feet is... Uh, well, six. I think it would be like 5 or 6 feet, I think. Yeah, 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 but a, a little, yeah, about six feet. And um, anyway, yeah, just shorter than me, basically. And uh, she jumped over the railing of a boat when I was inside the safety margin. So I'm like half a metre inside the railing, not hanging anything out, feeding another four metre long crocodile over there named Texas, funnily enough. And nice. um, I out of the water doing his thing. And out of the corner of my eye, like just up in that direction, I just see this flash of movement and I turn my head and look and there's a crocodile coming this way and the jaws are going full as she's coming down. So instinctively, I just put the shoulder up like that and she went bang and grabbed onto my shoulder just with the front kind of teeth on the on the end of the jaws there, just luckily. And uh, no word of a lie, the first thing I thought in my head was to try and shake her off and then I thought of yelling something out and the first thing that came to mind was, get off your mongrel. So here's me with a, sh- a crocodile hanging off my shoulder in front of 27 people on the boat going, get off your bundle, like this. And she did. She just slid off back into the water. And I finished the tour. I was about there for about another 15, 20 minutes finishing off the tour. I had a few puncture wounds and lacerations and a bloody good story to tell. But it just goes to show, like, crocodiles can move fast. I had never yeah. seen move that fast before that day. And it gave me a newfound respect for these animals animals, and I was just like bloody hell if that had been one of the bigger ones and dragged me in the water that would have been game over because there was at the time I think maybe around 25 um, maybe even 28 crocodiles in that lagoon massive lagoon though like a kilometre to circumnavigate huge um, uh, man-made Malaluka swamp to make it look as natural as possible but they were in their element there and it's just like a natural habitat so um, yeah god damn dude I <laughs> I got bit by a ferret once, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, I've been bit by a ferret. That's nasty. 
<laughs> it was the worst day of my life. Like I can't imagine getting bit by a, even if it is a small bite. I mean, I would be God, I'd be traumatized. That is incredible. Dude, like we're just we're we're just bred different, I think. Like you and I, like there's no chance that I would be I mean, I would love to see them, but boy oh boy, I would not be able to handle that. Not even taking the piss here, mate, but like I didn't even I didn't even put a band-aid on it. I washed it off and this may seem a little bit this may seem a little bit gross to some some viewers here, but I even picked the scabs for a few weeks because I wanted a good scar. <laughs> you can't have that happen. <laughs> you can't have that happen. And someone goes, oh, show me the scar. And you're like, there isn't one because no one will believe you. Yeah. So if it is 10 years later, and it's, you won't be able to see it on the video. Yeah, if yeah. you want, after this, after we have a yarn, mate, I'll send you the photos through of when it happened. And it's, only, you know, it's not too bad, but you can see a little bit of bruising. Yeah. Uh, and puncture wounds and lacerations in my arm where she got me. Um, the bruising was the worst, mate, because they're – bite pressure that is the strongest bite of any animal on the planet you're looking at uh, like three and a half ton uh of, of continuously applied crushing pressure for an average sized uh, adult male saltwater crocodile so when they're getting big that bite pressure just it just crushes bone i've watched them do it pig skulls cow skulls just they just crush them. amazing i that is i don't know how i've never thought about that but yeah, that makes perfect sense that it would just be like such a tight squeeze, like an unimaginable. I would, yeah. you know, feel like a car wreck almost. Yeah. God. And I've got a tooth around my neck here. This is from Hagrid, a crocodile I was working with at that crocodile park. And uh, this is one of his smaller teeth, but the teeth are conical in shape, you see. Mm-hmm. So uh, when they bite you, it's the bite pressure that pushes that rounded end it's like pushing your thumb through cowhide and the pressure that it would take to push that through a cowhide is tremendous but um yeah six teeth all interlocking bang in it goes and once they've got you mate that's it good night i'll drag you into the water and drown you and uh hopefully on the way give a good thumbs up for the camera (laughs) yeah and see like in my head i'm thinking of it being similar to like a shark where the teeth are you know, like serrated, like kind of like a steak knife. Like they're yeah. designed to like, you know, grab and slice, grab and slice. But I, but a crocodile is nowhere near the same. It's really just, I guess, to like have something pierce so that it has, like, you know, control of you, I guess. And it's right, perforate and hold is the uh, yeah. terminology we would use. But there is one interesting thing about a crocodile tooth, and I won't go too much into crocodiles because, mate, we'll be here talking for days. I just love these creatures. But um, on the sides, on both sides of the tooth, there is a tiny little raised edge. And if you ever get to hold a crocodile tooth in your hand, feel for it. You'll feel a tiny little raised edge. And it is almost not quite sharp, but you can tell it's got an edge on it. And those two tiny little raised parts on the side of the tooth is an evolutionary adaptation to help them tear apart uh, their prey easier because they can't chew. Their their jaws don't go side to side, only up and down. And that bite, once they've got you, boom, with the interlocking teeth, you're going nowhere, but they have to tear apart their prey items. And you're looking at, you know, things like uh, with the Nile crocodile, like wildebeest and even even like dead hippos and things like that, um, that they try and tear apart there. The skin of these animals is really, really tough. And in here in Australia, um, you've got things like, you know, we've got plenty of cattle, but we've got the Asiatic water buffalo that yeah. reaches uh, like reaches over half a tonne in weight, even more, I think, 800 kilos or something like that. And the hide is so tough. So that tiny little raised edge creates a, a, a very, very small nick when it boom, gets slammed into the flesh and into the skin. So when they either do the big head shakes or when they do the, the old crocodile roll, that allows them to much easily... Uh, 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 to tear apart uh, a chunk out much more easy than it is uh, if they didn't have that little raised edge. It's just like a perforated piece of paper, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, that is fascinating. Crocodile. I mean, I understand the crocodiles are fascinating to me as someone who's only seen them in a zoo, which even then, I mean, I don't know how you feel about zoos. I, I'm very kind of conflicted about it because part of me is like, this son of a bitch doesn't want to be here especially like elephants. Whenever I see an elephant at a zoo, I look at him. I'm like, you know that you're not supposed to be here. Like it's one of the only animals that I can like look at and be like, Oh, you, 
you know what this whole thing is. But yeah. part of me, I understand that it creates like conservation awareness. So there is, I don't know, man, it's a huge issue. But the difference is between a zoo and a wildlife park. When you have a wildlife park, they usually have uh, a lot more natural enclosures, a lot of enrichment for the animals, whereas us, the traditional zoo is concrete floor and cage. So, um, but yeah, things like elephants and, you know, gorillas, even yeah. crocodiles, uh, when you go to your, when you go to your sea worlds and stuff, like I'm, I'm pretty sure the last orca in captivity just died recently. Yes. I mean, yeah. Kilometers. And this poor thing for years just lived alone. I mean, we won't go into that stuff either unless you want to cover the topic, but. Well, um, I'll just yeah. say I'm glad I, whenever I, I'll just say this, whenever I hear that someone is attacked at SeaWorld, I'm not that upset. You know, I'm not I, yeah, I mean, in general, it's not that I like watching animals attack people, but I like watching it when people are being just really dumb or, or are like underestimating how fast a tiger is because they've only seen this tiger in a zoo where it's just kind of pacing back and forth. Yeah. But when someone gets out of their car and gets snagged by one, I'm not that upset. Like you, no. you should be like appreciative of the fact that these animals are so much faster, so much stronger, and in many ways smarter than we will ever be. So yep. it has never bothered me that much seeing somebody get just fucked up by an animal. <laughs> uh, you, you probably have the same saying in Texas, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so you know, whenever, yeah, whenever I hear about somebody getting drug under the water by an orca, I'm like, eh, well, he yeah. doesn't want to be there. Yeah, what did you think was going to happen? You want to yeah. poke the bear, dude, the bear's going to poke back. Yeah, and when the bear is like 10,000 pounds and, you know, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, like, what do you think is going to happen? And we don't belong in the water, so we're already out of our elements. If we did, we would have gills. But, like, I just... But I am fascinated. Like, so one thing I've always wanted to do is go swim with sharks, but yes. like in an enclosed, you know, in the cage. Like, depends I mean, what there's so many sharks you can swim with outside the cage, mate. Do that. I could be talked into it really easily. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. mean, I kind of already am. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how easy. Yeah. And there are so yeah. many sharks out there that are, that are so non aggressive. And so, like, you know, they can see that you're there. And as long as you're not threatening or trying to touch them, the chances of you copping a bite are slim to none. Uh, there are even sharks out there that, I'll give you a perfect example, the bull shark. The bull shark has a reputation of being the most aggressive shark in the entire ocean. Yet I free dived with bull sharks um, off the coast of Costa Rica at the Bat Islands for a couple of hours. And besides one interaction that scared the crap out of me, um, they were they were so chill. They were not phased by my presence at all. Um, I did have one shoot up just as I was about to break the surface after about, well, would have been only 90 second, 90, 90, 100 second dive. And I was coming back to the surface. And as I looked down just before breaking the surface, there was a shark coming up towards me at 100 mile an hour and it hit my fin just as I was kicking out of pure chance. And it nearly well, thought it broke my ankle, but um, it hit the fin and boom, went the other direction. But besides that, I mean, I was diving with bull sharks. So um, it was, I, I was on my guard, but yeah, I let my guard down for one second and it took an opportunity and luckily missed. But so don't, maybe don't start with bull sharks. I think that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I might start with like goldfish and just see what happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just make sure I'm all right. But one of those restaurants with all the koi's in in the yeah. in the, the snorkel, mate. just stick your head in it. Hey, look, I'm practicing. Yeah, I'm like in six months, this is gonna pay off. Leave me alone. Like, yeah, Have you ever I been diving or scuba diving or, or or snorkeling or anything. Snorkeling, yeah. I've never been diving. Um, yeah, no, just snorkeling. No equipment, you know, just the snorkel. Yeah, but it was whenever I was a kid, so a long time yeah. ago, and there was nothing that was of any threat, you know, anywhere. Yeah. It was really just about like a reef that had, you know, it had fish and stuff, but no sharks anywhere near it. So, you know, it was still awesome. Like I loved yeah. it, but yeah. 
I really want to do it with sharks. That's like the main thing. There's something about well, it that's just uh, the first time you see it and you're in the water, whether you're snorkeling or whether you're scuba diving and you are in the water with this thing, watching the way it moves through the water. And just like, as, as far as far as land and sea and, and the crossover, there are a few animals that I refer to as being at the, at the pinnacle of predatory evolution. And in the water, the orca is definitely at the top, but after that is sharks. Um, yeah. And then come down from that and you've got what the barracuda and things, but um, as far as predator species go, uh, I've never seen an orca in the wild, but um, I've never actually seen one in a wildlife park or, or a zoo, which is also a good thing. But um, I'd love to see them in the wild, but I've seen plenty of sharks and just watching them move around. Things from little black tip reef sharks that are only, you know, like a metre long, the really young ones getting around, to, um, to grey nurse sharks and then to bull sharks and just watching the way. And they can just turn. They'll be cruising one way at pace. And they'll do a 180 and come back the other way before you can blink. These things are just so aquadynamic. Um, yeah. And then on land, I wouldn't, I couldn't even tell you what the best predator on land is because big cats obviously get a get a bit of a. Um, uh, they're almost a shoo-in for the top prize, but yeah, right? bears terrify me. Yeah, bears. I've seen bears like in the wild, like here. Because we have in like kind of more the northern parts of Texas, we have black bears, yeah. which are as far as bears go, pretty low on the low on you know on the as far as like the danger and like the ferocity, but they're still terrifying. Like when you see yeah. one, you're like, half of my brain is like, oh, I grew up being a fan of Winnie the Pooh, so this thing must be you know adorable and eats honey. Then the other half is like, if I tried to touch this, my arm would be gone. Like, yeah. So it's. I mean, there, but I've never seen a grizzly, which I would love to go see like a grizzly or a polar bear. Polar bears are fascinating yes. to me, but yeah, I think a bear, bear has to be at the top. I mean, next to like, I mean, I, I would think a tiger is probably number one. Yeah. Just, it has to be, but yeah, bears are God. What's in, so, I mean, I know aside from snakes is box jellyfish number one as far as like just the most like venomous or venomous the or poisonous. The box jellyfish is the most toxic thing known to man, mate. That's yeah. If three meters of tentacle touches your bare skin, you will die within two minutes from full respiratory failure. The good <laughs> thing is we have an anti-venom that will save you from a box jellyfish thing. The bad thing is that anti-venom is never within two minutes of you if you get stung by three meters of tentacle. <laughs> oh my God. Like so that, one that's, of those, mate. It's incredibly painful as well. One of the most painful things next to a stonefish. Yeah. See, okay. Are stonefish in Australia as well? Oh, yeah. Yes. See, God it damn. <laughs> I mean, y'all are, <laughs> dude, like, I mean, I understand that there are misconceptions about Australia, but not really. <laughs> I mean, because the first thing, you know, anyone here in the U.S. thinks whenever they think of Australia is like, as soon as you land in the airport in Sydney, you are going to be attacked by a snake or a spider. Yeah. <laughs> and and see somebody that looks like the singer for midnight oil like that's that's <laughs> that's what everybody thinks but for good reason because you know if you're in the right place i mean there's some dangerous shit but i mean but how often does a is a box jellyfish like st you know sting like how often does that happen that's just that is a statistic i'm not uh overly familiar with but we're pretty we're pretty savvy in regards to knowing when these sorts of animals are at their most dangerous. For instance, in the warmer months of the year, that's when the box jellyfish comes closer into shore for breeding, up up in the estuary sometimes, I believe now. Um, research on the box jellyfish is still in its early stages in the grand scheme of things. There's a lot we don't know about them. But in the warmer months in the northern parts of the country, you don't go swimming because um, not only are there crocodiles and sharks out there, that could potentially ruin your day. Um, the box jellyfish is a much bigger threat, and if yeah, if you get stung by one of those, it's a it's a bad time. You, you know, it's not looking yeah. good for you. God, yeah, I've seen videos of people who have been, you know, stung by one, and like what it was like for them. The people who obviously survived, and mm -hmm. it does not sound fun. 
at all. Like blind, like they'll go blind for, you know, a certain amount of time. And yeah. it's like, Jesus, this little blob can do that to someone. It is nature is amazing in, in, you know, good and bad ways. Like it is fascinating that there is such a thing that can do that to you. Yeah. God. Yeah. The, the way the way evolution has progressed to its current stage, uh, when you look back at, and I mean, I'm going to use crocodiles for an example here, but crocodilians we have uh, evolved from prehistoric crocodile-like reptiles. Uh, some of them were just in the water. Some of them were just on land uh, with a different hip structure that used to chase down and kill dinosaurs. Some of them just had flippers, you know, no legs at all. You had Caprosuchus, which was the boar croc, and I mean, it was this land-based um, kind of big chunky crocodile-like reptile with pig tusks on its head. No one knows what the tusks were for. So all these sorts of weird and wacky things, but the evolution, and then we went through the, the fall of reptiles, you know, the age of reptiles and dinosaurs, and then the fall of them, and then the age of megafauna. We had kangaroos here that were three metres tall. We had the, ele here in Australia, we had the elephant bird, which was a three metre tall flightless bird that weighed 700 bigger than my head um you know, we had wombats as big as combi vans um we had massive echidnas um so yeah like these these sorts of animals uh unfortunately uh like died out i was talking to someone recently about this um with the elephant bird for example the amount of water intake these animals needed when the climate started to change they couldn't uh, they couldn't survive without the the water sources they used to have. So, and walking between them, they just they just ended up dying out basically of thirst. That's scientific speculation, I believe. I haven't fact checked it, but that is a very good theory, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. See, I know in North America, like we had like ground sloths, giant armadillos, the short faced bear, which may be the most terrifying animal to ever live. <laughs> I, I. I Covered that thing recently. Uh, a mate of mine from Canada sent me a, a thing on the short face bear, and I was like, mm, unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's crazy is like the people who were crossing, you know, from Russia or, you know, what is now Russia into Alaska through like the Bering Strait. Apparently, short face bears, that's like where they thrived. So all the like first peoples who would cross the Bering Strait were just getting taken out by these, you know, 15 foot tall bears. Like, oh my God. That's, that's a horror story, mate. That is my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there an animal that you're afraid of? Like in the way that most people are afraid of snakes or afraid of spiders, you know? No. Um, I think I think the, the animal that I had the most respect for would have to be the bear because you can outrun, outswim, outclimb or outsmart. They're incredibly intelligent. Those animals are... Like they're, they're terrifying in, in the sense that like if it's got its eye on you, the best you can do is curl into the fetal position and hope it gets bored, you know, <laughs> like that yeah. to me is terrifying, but I have an utmost respect for these animals. I don't, I'm not afraid of anything. Um, mm. I have gotten over some irrational fears that I had as a kid that are ingrained into a lot of kids, things like, you know, centipedes and spiders and scorpions and all the creepy crawlies. And um, I never had a fear of snakes or anything, fortunately, but yeah, things like spiders used to freak me out a little bit when I was quite young, but then, um, you know, I just started to pick them up and, oh, they're not so bad. And I've, I've been bitten by a few mildly venomous spiders and a couple of very mildly venomous snakes, but um Nothing, nothing serious. Um, I think that the more you get to know about animals, the more you respect and the less you fear because you have an understanding of how they operate and how they think and how to avoid copying a whack from something highly venomous that may potentially end your life, you know, how yeah. fast crocodiles can move. So you increase your safety distance and things like that. Complacency breeds a bad day. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think I'm fairly the same way. I mean, with most animals, like I'm, I was never afraid of snakes, uh, but I was also fascinated by them. So the more I learned about snakes, the less afraid, if I ever was afraid, the less afraid I got. Spiders is one that I've always just kind of been sort of afraid. Just there's something that creeped me out about them, but I think they're also fascinating. 
and I love seeing spiders like in the wild, seeing a spider, like build a web is one of the most like mesmerizing things ever. But you put this video on Instagram of you like in that bathroom, like about to grab the, you know, the shit tickets (laughs) that that is one of my biggest fears ever is sticking my hand into something that has like a venomous spider in it. Oh my God. So whenever I saw that, I was like, fuck this, the whole place would be burned down. Like Like when it happened, I literally heard the little, it's, it's like, if you, if you got like a, I don't know, like a, like a, like a, the, the tip of a key and like tapped it on a table, the little noise, like I heard it and felt it simultaneously on my fingernail. And I was just like, pulled my hand out. And I was like, what was that? Like that didn't, that's, so I had a look in there and I'm like, oh, g'day darling. But uh, had that been on the skin, yeah, it would have been incredibly painful. It would have caused some nausea, vomiting. I may or may not have gone to hospital. I probably would have tried to write it out. It's only a red back, but um, yeah. But like that's it. Might sound crazy to some people, but you know, she'll be right, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. So movies really kind of fuck it up. So like growing up watching, like I don't know if you ever saw Arachnophobia, but it's one of my favorite movies ever. Love it. I love the movie, but the scene where he puts the football helmet on that has the spider in the helmet. Like I played football growing up and checked my helmet every single time. Like if there's a spider in here, I'm quitting, which I sucked anyway. So, you know, wouldn't have been a loss, but you know, I God, I was just seeing that one scene or the shower, like it getting on the shower head. Oh my God. But I love spiders. Like it's, it hasn't made me think like, Oh, I want to kill all spiders. Now there is one animal that I know it has its place whatever i am deathly afraid of grasshoppers like grasshopper. oh my god what is it about a grasshopper mate no idea i have spent the past let's see i'm 29 so 27 years thinking <laughs> why am i afraid of these little things terrified dude like won't go outside if i see one like in the way like i don't know don't know i've tried learning all i can about it it doesn't do a damn thing for me and i know they have their place but they can they can fuck off as far as i'm concerned (laughs) and when they get there they can fuck off again (laughs) yeah dude i don't know it's such a crazy thing to be afraid of because it can do nothing to you no it really can't um but, but they they look like an alien. They are incredibly powerful in regards to their jumping and they're, they're unpredictable. That's uh, it. They're unpredictable. Like, as a kid, if you had one like either jump on you or jump towards you or whatever, and it gave you a fright, that like it might do some psychological damage. Well, it does to kids, you know, that sort of little experience can provide uh, ongoing trauma for the rest of your yeah. life. And that might be what's going on, mate. Just go pick one up. Just go put your hand over it when it jumps. And then, then it will try and jump into your hand and can't go anywhere. they got no teeth, mate. They can't hurt you. And then just kind of put it on your hand and then it'll jump away or fly away. And you go, oh, all right. Try or, that. It'll, or it'll jump into my mouth, climb down my throat and suffocate <laughs> me. Your brain and start falling. <laughs> Dude, I, I got to just get over it, I know. But it's just one of those it's things that. Easier said than done, mate. Easier said than done. And yeah. like, <laughs> let me be clear, I'm, I'm not making fun of your, of your phobia. No, your, I know. Everyone's got something, but um, yeah, whether it be animals or whether it's some 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 people are afraid of hats, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just a, it's just a strange thing with the human psyche, what we are and aren't afraid of. But um, as far as wildlife goes, through the through the things that I have done with wildlife over the years and through the videos that I share on my socials, I have actually helped a lot of people, and I know this because of the messages that I get from them. I've helped them get past their fear of certain animals um, just because they're learning or they're seeing me up close or even potentially handling them, depending on what it is. Uh, it's helping them build a better understanding and even often um, building a healthy respect for and a love and fascination for these animals. So yeah, that's a big part of what I do. And I might just for you, mate, I might go and do a video on grasshoppers. <laughs> I mean, do it. I'm not watching that. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, I mean, like, hey, I was a fan, you know, but <laughs> yeah, no, have a good it. one. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, 
I don't know. It's just it, they fucking freak me out, man. I don't know what it is. It has to be something in my childhood, I know, but don't yeah. know, man. It is what it is. Or, or buried in the deep, dark recesses in the back of your mind. I think so, man. So one thing that I've heard about like Australian wildlife, don't know if this is true, but do koalas have, is there an epidemic of koala chlamydia? And if so, is it because koalas will not wear condoms? Uh, yes. And yes, they like to bear back. It. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so there, it is a funny thing because over the years, like most, most Aussies know that koalas have chlamydia, but it's a different strain to the human one. Very, very different. Humans cannot catch koala chlamydia, right? Oh, but thank God. Uh, over the, yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> Just how much can a koala bear? Um, but, so, but over the years, there have been probably, probably a concerning number of um, young male Australians who have tried to pass off the whole, oh, I was holding the koala at the zoo, baby. That's all it was, you know. And, mate, if she's, if she's got any brains between her ears, she'll be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Don't touch. Yeah, it's the same as like the uh, the toilet seat excuse. You're like, oh, I must have sat on a bad toilet seat yeah. that, you know, someone else had. Like, okay. yeah. That's people got away with that back in the day, but now you've got a computer in your pocket, right? And you just go and hit the old Google, and you go, "How long does chlamydia last for on a toilet seat?" And it'll be like 0.08 of a second. And you're going, "Oh, so like, what was the process of you sitting down as the other fellow was getting up?" And we're like, you know, was there a that, bit of a, a, a touch of the torch on the way past or something? Well, that's what gave you the chlamydia. Is you were sitting on a dude's lap in the to- on the toilet seat. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you explain it like that, I accidentally went in the toilet and I sat down in a Phil's lap and our wangs touched and now I had chlamydia. Yeah. It's you know, yeah. a more Which, believable story. I think that's what the movie uh, Philadelphia is based on. <laughs> I don't know if you ever <laughs> see Philadelphia. But... Uh, Tom Hanks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old T. Hanks. Yeah. 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 That was a heavy film, that one. Oh, it's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 not a, it's not usually in the uh, comedy section, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Jesus. No. Yeah. Take it from the drama and put it in the comedy section. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that with Sophie's Choice. Go into the movie <laughs> there and be like, "Hey, you're going in the comedy." That's um, yeah. That's this is why we're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, that's amazing. Like, which okay, yeah. so like in the in Texas, like we have this kind of the same thing with armadillos. So armadillos, what yeah. a lot of people think is like, oh, you can get leprosy from an armadillo. Which is so armadillos, some armadillos do naturally carry a strain of leprosy that does not interact with humans. Like, you are not going to get leprosy and start rotting to pieces from a little cute armadillo, but they do have like a natural strain of leprosy. So, it's probably, I guess, similar to the koala chlamydia situation, just not as funny. Yeah. Well, it's not as funny because like they might not be able to give you leprosy, but apparently you can still catch chlamydia from a uh, from an armadillo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the least herpes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Hasn't it? Let's Yeah, well, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Is there like an animal of any kind? that you have kind of like your holy grail of like, I want to film myself with this one animal in the wild. Oh, that's almost like asking what someone's favorite band is, mate. Um, you know, Black you, Sabbath. You, yeah. Well, yeah. But like in what genre, you know, Black Sabbath, I, Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin are at the top for me. Same. Um, that's my top two. Yeah. And I've got a big Led Zeppelin tattoo on my side here. Nice, uh, nice. Abba's my third, but don't tell Abba? anyone. Yeah, no, I do love Abba, but <laughs> not my third. <laughs> I, I don't like a bit of Abba. Abba rule. Um, but yeah, so like, I would have to say tigers, like a wild tiger, most definitely. Um, I would have to say a grizzly bear, for sure. Um, and 
I would love to free dive with great white sharks. Yeah. I would love to free dive with them, like Ocean Ramsey and um, uh, uh, the other fellow, what's his name, One Sharks, I think, on Instagram there, Ocean, Ocean Ramsey and One Sharks. Uh, they they both do that. And they just, what I have learned from them about sharks has been phenomenal. I never thought it was possible to, to free dive with one of those animals until I saw them do it. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that and far out orcas i'd love to see orcas in the wild um polar bears i see like there's all yeah these... i do, yeah and it just the list keeps going but uh, basically mate i want to see and do as much as i possibly can in the short amount of immortality that i have um we're all immortal for this limited time you know what i mean like nothing can kill you till you die so um it's it's like Go and do stuff. Get outside. Go and go and see things. Go and watch a sunrise. See as many as you can, and stay up until the sun set. And then you know, if you've got the energy, go out and see what you can find at night time. Look at the stars. Just take advantage of this little window, because it, it'll be gone in a blink. It'll be gone before you know it. You don't get a second shot. Um, I'm just I'm just fascinated about the natural world. And if you were if you were to travel nonstop for your entire life and you lived to the age of ninety, you wouldn't see it all. You no. know. So, uh, it's a hard thing to go, oh, where do I want to go next? And you might want to see it all, but you know, I can only recommend trying to see as much as you can. And I've I've discovered this philosophy far too late in life uh, for my liking, but the fact that I found it makes me happy. And I'm yeah. just just chasing that, um, chasing my passion, you know. I just want to get out and live and share these experiences. The internet's a wonderful place in some aspects and not so wonderful in others, and I'm yeah. trying to stick a wonderful category and, and just take people along for the ride and the adventure and inspire them to go out and do it themselves. Yeah. Well, you're fucking doing it, man. Like it, I mean, it's made me kind of like get off my ass a little bit, you know, and I'm just lazy by nature. I try not to be, but it's just, I don't know what it is, man. It's, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I just am, man. I, and so like watching your videos and just seeing like your energy and like, you obviously have a fascination with, you know, whatever it is that you're showing in the video, whether it's like a certain snake, spider, whatever it may be, centipede. Centipedes are terrifying too, but also, I mean, dude, centipedes are so fucking scary to me. But yeah, right. just seeing all that, like, I'm like, okay, like, there needs to be more people like this, you know, out here, kind of just motivating people in some way. Even if it has nothing to do with animals, just it's still motivating you to like get up and just, Go see some shit while you're here. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I mean, I know we're kind of like getting at the uh towards the cutoff, so I don't want to keep you too long. But man, this is so time, man. I, I really appreciate you having me on the show here. This is it's been a good yarn. And centipede, yeah. you mentioned centipedes and a little bit of your skin crawled. Like I know I pick them up and such, and you know, I muck around with them a bit, but I've been bitten by one before and it hurts. It hurts so bad. And yeah, I've people handling them and they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. And then they just go whack for no reason. So uh, the unpredictability of that, that does give me the heebie-jeebies, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not afraid of them, but like they make me skin crawl a bit. So for me handling them, for me to put my hand down and allow one to across the top of my hand, my bum is twitching like a rabbit's nose, mate. <laughs> dude i i can't imagine i mean one day man one day i'm going to send you a video of me fucking around with a grasshopper just to show oh my like, i fucking did it dude i'll do it man i'll do it hey but no before we go you were saying earlier like before we started that you used to sing in like a metal band yeah yeah or do so, you still still do it or mate like i haven't been in a band for for some years now but um i'm not opposed to the idea i i love um, doing vocals and heavy metal bands. I love getting out there in, in the front. Like, I'm a bit of a showman. I don't know if you've noticed. Put me really? Watch me go. But um, I was singing in death metal bands, thrash metal bands. I've, you know, I've, yeah, I've been a fan of metal ever since I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, as we were saying, like, you know, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, two of my favorite bands of all time. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of things over the years, mate. I was I used to be a paratrooper in artillery um, here in Australia, jumping out of planes. So, um, and yeah, they did a lot of landscaping and labouring and singing in heavy metal bands. And 
then yeah, now I'm here doing what I do, working as a tour guide in some of the most remote areas in the country and uh, going out and doing wildlife videos and stuff for, to share with uh, my adventures with people and coming on the Cody Tucker show. Hell yeah, the the Hell pinnacle. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, but one one quick one before we go. If you can see any band in concert in their prime, who is it? It's, it's one of my top two. It's Led Zeppelin or or it's um, Black Sabbath. Like, Sabbath, yeah. I, I, so here's my thought. I've seen Black Sabbath, uh, obviously, in the more recent years. Yeah. Um, so, and then I, I have seen Heaven and Hell with Ronnie James Dio and with the Black Sabbath lineup. Okay. And I've also Ozzy on his own playing with uh, with Zach Wild. So, I mm-hmm. mean, those gigs were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And for Ozzy to come out like he's this little, you know, and then he can't put the mic in front of him and he's doing the whole thing and he's singing. But you know who, I'll just, one quick one from me, the most impressive act I have ever seen in my life blows bloody everything off the stage like i've seen metallica ramson lambergod slayer like all these massive massive bands um multiple times and alice cooper mate really was just the tits that guy came out i've never seen the showman he was even better than bruce dickinson but only like it was just he was just sexy yeah bruce dickinson's the energizer bunny iron maiden a couple of times and they're phenomenal with their act but there was just something about Alice Cooper that just commanded your attention, you know. And at his age and the show that he put on and the way he interacted with the crowd, mate, you cannot fault Alice Cooper whatsoever. He was that's, unreal. That's amazing. He's on. He just started a tour here in the U.S. or is about to with Rob Zombie. So oh, I got. I gotta go. Rob rule, dude. I get. Yeah, you just put it in my mind. I'm going for sure. I've got Three Moon Zombie tattooed on my arm there. And I've got, I don't, hang on, I've got Rob Zombie tattooed on my leg down here. <laughs> Jesus, that's that's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. yeah, so get tickets. If they're coming near you, get tickets and go and see Alice Cooper. Tell him I sent you. <laughs> I got it, man, dude. Well, hey, dude, thank you again. This was awesome. I had a blast talking to you. If you ever want to come back, more than welcome. Dude, you're the best, man. Hell yeah. I appreciate it, Cody. You're an absolute legend, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what to say to you. I appreciate the invite on the show and I've had a bloody ball too. We will definitely do this again. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>